Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dive into uh, chapter five. Love Talk Radio. Yep. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio. Featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone, and thank you so much to all of you tuning in from around the United States and around the world. We're honored by your presence here. Today is a Course in Miracles virtual class with Robert Rosenthal, MD. Dr. Bob and I break down specific sections of the course to help you gain a deeper understanding of the concepts that are presented. Today we're going to pick up where we left off. We finished uh, Chapter 16, Section 4 in our last time together, and now we're going to pick up with Section 5, the choice for completion. This is a very potent section, and we're going to love digging in and translating everything in a way that will help you really understand the nature of special relationships. So if you're moved to call in with a question, you can do that, but there is a lot of material I want to get through. If you want to call in the second half of the show, you can do that, but absolutely have a pen and paper ready to take notes and feel free to read along with us. Again, that is chapter 16, section five, the choice for completion. Chapter 16 is about the forgiveness of illusions. Now for the listeners, If you would like to actively participate in understanding special relationships, I have a way you can work with us as you listen to this. Uh, As an exercise in awareness, what I'd ask you to do is search your mind and select either a current or a past relationship to work with. It can be one. It can be several. Their relationships are multifaceted, so there's something to learn in all of them. Okay, so you'll want to identify a relationship, whether romantic, work-related, or otherwise, that contained a frustrating and confusing amount of dysfunction and grief. Ask yourself this question. Why am I drawn to people who are not good for me, who mistreat me, when I honestly thought they were somebody else? There's a lot to be said about that. But if you look upon it honestly, with curiosity, most importantly, without judgment as to who did what to whom, And with a genuine willingness to learn, you will learn much about yourself and the underlying causes of the grief, or as we often call it, intense growth that we experience. For many of you, you might wish to select a relationship with a person you felt was your, quote, soulmate. I've mentioned numerous times on the air over the years that to learn who your soulmates are, you should look back to those relationships that seem to have the most heartache and karma. 
these are the special relationships that were designed to get you to aspire to a holy relationship or capital L love in its truest sense, a relationship born of peace without conditions. And it also should not have demands or rewards. We don't, these are the things that trip us up. Love itself is the reward conditions in my way of seeing it are the illusions under which we determine our worthiness but the primary relationship in this life is one we have with god we are here to remember him and recognize the knowledge that we are part of him cannot be apart from him nor apart from the collective that he created which is the sonship it is only when we come to know his undying love for us and allow ourselves to experience it can we achieve the type of relationship with ourselves and others that we yearn for most of all, in our fantasies, we put together this picture, I want this, I want this, and I want to avoid that. But we're going to dig into this section. It's really um, chock full of aha moments and um, other ideas that you will find fascinating. So join me in welcoming Dr. Bob back to the show. Dr. Bob is the co-president of the Foundation for Inner Peace, publisher of A Course in Miracles, and he has served on the Foundation's Board of Directors since 1992. He was a practicing psychiatrist and psychotherapist for 32 years and was introduced to the course in 1975 at the age of 20 by Judy Scotch. He became a close friend and protege of Bill Stepford's. Stepford is the co-scribe of the course. Dr. Bob is the author of From Plagues to Miracles, The Transformational Journey of Exodus from the Slavery of Ego to the Promised Land of Spirit, published by Hay House. And the book inter- reinterprets the biblical story of Moses and Pharaoh as a parable of the mind's struggle to escape ego and identify once again with spirit. To learn more and purchase this profound addition to your spiritual library, visit fromplagues2miracles.com. To learn more about the course, you can visit acim.org, and ACIM is, of course, a course in miracles. To visit my website, go to Spiritual Insights Radio, and don't forget, we have a special page on Facebook, the Spiritual Insights Radio page, where you can tune into segments directly from Facebook if you are an avid user. Well, join, join me now in welcoming Dr. Bob back to the show, and we'll dig in. Welcome back, Dr. Bob. How are you? I'm I'm good, Char. Thank you. How are you? I'm okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to keep my energy at a nice, nice stable level so we don't have any problems with the show. Uh, all the listeners <laughs> know what's I'll happening. Let you know. <laughs> yes, just let me know if I start to drop out, and I'll do this energetic trick I have, and then it improves. It's pretty cool. So, how have you been? Anything to that you'd like to share? Anything going on? Um, interesting. Yeah, you know there are a couple of events I would like to make people aware of who are listening currently. Obviously, if you're listening archived, these might um, already have moved into your rearview mirror and be in the past. But we will be attending um, what's being called a Miracle Fundraiser, F-U-N, at the Living Miracles Monastery in Utah. This is one of um, David Hofmeister's um, really a monastic retreat centers uh, devoted to A Course in Miracles. And it is to honor um, all of those still in the physical who knew the two scribes, Helen and Bill, um, so there will be a, a very nice collection of Course in Miracles teachers, um, some of us who knew the uh, the scribes and others who didn't. But, um, you know, for those who know the names, Gary Renard will be there, John Mundy, Carol Howe, 
I will be there with my um, other co-president, Tam Morgan, who's Judy Sketch Whitson's daughter. Um, you know, it, it should be a lot of fun. There's going to be music. Uh, and to find out about it, you would just look up miracles-monastery.org, um, celebrating-inner-peace. And that's July 14th through 16th. Then for those who live in the greater New York area, um, I will be very, very busy at the end of July. I will be flying in from the West Coast for the um, third annual Greenlight Sanctuaries Course in Miracles Conference on Saturday, July 29th. This is at the Unity Church in Pattonburg, New Jersey, right off I-70. Um, I will be the keynote speaker at that. And then the following day, uh, at the Unity, I'll give the message at the morning uh, service. And then in the afternoon, John Mundy will be joining me. Uh, John and I have never met, but we are overlapping a lot this summer. So he's going to be joining me. We're going to have an afternoon workshop called Living the Course, an afternoon with Dr. Bob Rosenthal and Reverend John Mundy. And, you know, it's going to be very, very flow um no set agenda we're going to go wherever we're guided to go and lots of questions and back and forth so i think that'll be a really good one and then finally uh for the summer in uh august august 19th i'll be at the miracle distribution center conference in uh irvine california that's a regular one every year um with beverly hutchinson mcneff and um, that should be a good one, too. Um, so I hope if you're listening and uh, you're so guided that maybe I'll see you at one of them. Um, but it's, it's busy, and I'm currently finishing up my next book, which will be released in March. Uh, the title is From Nevermind to Evermind, you know, Transforming the Self to Embrace Miracles. It's the first book of a five-book series on the principles of A Course in Miracles. But I think it's going to be a – I mean, it's definitely a fairly unusual and unique book for a course book because I'm not really going into the course proper. I'm trying to kind of get at the principles of the course from a bunch of other different directions and then just spicing it up with quotes from the course all the way through. So a lot going on. And, yeah, meanwhile, here at the Foundation for Inner Peace – we're looking forward to the publication of our Turkish translation. Um, we are actively, actively pursuing a new website. If you've ever looked at our website and gone, why do they have that tired old-looking website? We agree with you. We are in the process of building something very, very different and uh, one that should be up, uh, again, by late July, August. So, um that should be fun. It, it's going to have a lot of features that you don't see um, very often. And we will keep adding to this website. We hope to get an online version of A Course in Miracles there with the best search capability that um, of anything uh, out there. So I've been busy. I've been busy. Just a little and bit. And I'm looking forward to My digging goodness. in here. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. I'm wearing okay. a lot of hats. Yes. Okay, well, take your hat off and relax now. We just get to <laughs> talk for a while. Sounds good. We'll yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> we'll get you a little break from all this busyness. Well, so, yeah, we're um, going into Chapter 16, Section 5, The Choice for Completion. And um, 
I think it would be very uh, interesting if everybody uh, did, like I said, um, participate along with us in examining your relationships and evaluating much that went on. There's a lot to learn. Um, every time I read this section, I have something to draw upon in a past relationship and get a new revelation. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, that's that's sort of standard operating procedure for A Course in Miracles. Every time I read the text, every time I go through the workbook, I'm seeing things and wondering, gosh, why didn't I underline that the last time? That's really important. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just taking it to new levels. And, and that is how the learning process should work. You know, I, I had someone um, email us with a question. I, I don't have her permission to share it. But, you know, it was a question that a lot of course students have. And, and my answer was essentially trust where you are now. You know, if there's something you don't understand, if there's something that feels scary to you in the course or in any metaphysical system, don't go there yet. You know, if you're not ready, you're not ready. You know, if, if you're learning how to surf, you don't start out on the big waves, even though they're probably the most fun. So, you know, the ego, the ego gets us to avoid our path and, and, and divert, you know, oh, this is all a crock and, you know, I'm going to just get busy making money or whatever. Um, but the ego also has this tendency of jumping in and getting under our skin and egging us on and going, we should be perfect. We should be getting all of this. We should be doing it all, and we should be enlightened yesterday. Um, you know, the purpose of time is learning. So if, if, if something in the section we're reading feels like you're not able to apply it, then don't just now, but don't reject it either. Just kind of, you know, put it on hold, put it on the back burner, put it in escrow. Say to yourself, I'd like to understand this better, or I'd like to be able to apply it, and I'm not ready just yet, um, and then move on. Yeah. So just apply the lessons if that is your situation. Apply the lessons because, in my experience, they open you up to understanding the text. They work in tandem. The text helps you do the lessons, and the lessons help you understand the text. And um, I I agree with you. Like, if if you're not ready yet, don't think that you're doing something wrong. It's just that right now, where you are in your understanding, the message of what's being said doesn't resonate with you yet. So when those two things match up, you'll get it. Don't worry about it. That's just the way it works. Yeah. And any spiritual path that's worth its salt is going to bring to the surface all of your shadow stuff, all of your dark sides, all of the things and traits and patterns and behavior and history that you'd rather not look at. Um, And when these come up, it shouldn't be, oh, you know, this isn't worth it. I'm feeling terrible. It's, okay, here's grist for the mill. Why is this coming up now? What's this about? Can I turn it over to Holy Spirit? Am I willing to let this go? What's my attachment to it? Um, So, you know, when our our not finest moments come to the surface, it's not a, a reason for running away. It's a reason for opening and embracing in fact, um, I mean, I realize we need to get into the section, but I was looking on Amazon at A Course in Miracles because as co-president of the foundation that publishes it, I try to stay current with everything. And our the, the, the review that was the um, most, uh, you know, most liked negative review, and it wasn't all that negative, was someone who wrote in, I started doing this and all of a sudden everything in my life started going wrong. So why would I want to do this? I'm giving it up. And I thought to myself, you probably are, that, that person is probably on a very fast track. 
has a great deal of motivation and really wanting to get there and didn't realize that all that stuff coming up is an opportunity and also that you are allowed to say, spirit, too much, can't handle that all now, can we bring it down to size, you know, give me 10% of it, give me 20% of it, let me see how I do with that, you know. Um, the Holy Spirit cannot and will not teach through fear. There is no learning that comes from jumping into the pool in the deep end if you don't know how to swim. Got to learn mm. to swim first. All right. right. And to, for those who choose to participate, I just want to uh, remind everybody that the purpose, what we're doing, is a series on special relationships. And this will continue throughout the year because there's so much material on it. But we're going to get through it as we can. I would like to do at least six paragraphs today. We'll see what we can accomplish. But I just want to reiterate what you were saying, Dr. Bob, in, in that what I'm asking you to do is not to relive your past relationships and, and feel those emotions again. I want you to get a detached awareness and just get yourself in a position where you can reexamine them from a different perspective. And then this will give you more insight into yourself. So, Make your list, cry it out if you need to, but we're going to look at some really um, difficult things to accept about ourselves. But we have to maintain the idea that we are not the ego. The ego is just a part of our mind and that it's, it's a tool for learning. And so we're going to use that to our advantage. Okay. So where do you want to start off? Do you want to read first, or do you want me? To... Um, why don't you Why don't you take the first one on this, and uh, okay. you know we'll hopscotch through it that way. Okay, and as I've been doing, what I what I like to do is um, I'm much more concise when I write. So I've written down my translations, and I will share that when mm. I'm done reading. Perfect. That way, I have my thoughts all collected, and I don't stammer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Because I get so excited and so many ideas are swirling around, it's hard to string them together. What else okay, so Moses was a Moses was a stammerer, and he managed to do okay. And uh, the course uh, teacher Ken Wapnick had a pretty nasty stammer that he was able to mostly get through. So you're in good company if you stammer. Oh, oh well, that makes me feel much better. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Chapter sixteen. Section 5, The Choice for Completion, Paragraph 1. In looking at the special relationship, it is necessary first to realize that it involves a great amount of pain. Anxiety, despair, guilt, and attack all enter into it, broken into by periods in which they seem to be gone. All these must be understood for what they are. Whatever form they take, they are always an attack on the self to make the other guilty. I have spoken of this before, but there are some aspects of what is really being attempted that have not been touched upon. So that's a pretty clear and, and brief introduction to what we're going to be going into. What I pull out of that is this. It's that frequent emotional pain is the main determining factor of a special relationship. Emotional disquiet and negativity dominate the relationship dynamic with brief periods of calm until the next episode of attack and defense occur. No matter how, when, or why these difficult periods arise, there are always, like it says, quote, an attack on the self to make the other person feel guilty. While this may be a familiar concept by now, the paragraphs that follow will take us deeper into understanding various components of the unconscious goal, the goals of the ego that have not been mentioned. So anything you want to add? Um, just a couple thoughts. Uh, this is the intro to the section. 
And right from the get-go, the author, Jesus, is telling us that the ego's holy of holies, the special love relationship, you know, that Hollywood ending where you walk off into the sunset and everything is rosy and golden forever, ever after, that this is basically a heap of crap. Um, It's saying right from the get-go, anxiety, despair, guilt, attack, all enter into it broken by periods where they seem to be gone. So we have, right from the outset, a picture of a relationship where in order to sustain it, you in a sense have to focus on these little islands of tranquility and the, these, these, these um, intervals that feel good and, and high while simultaneously overlooking all of the negative stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in in battering relationships, they talk about um, the cycle where you know there's 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 physical violence or psychological violence, followed by oh baby I'm so sorry you know here look I bought you chocolates I've got roses we're gonna go you know take a great trip to you know to the mountains in the weekend, um, and 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 the woman because it's usually a woman who stays in the relationship looks at only those peaks. You know, okay, he's he's really nice. I'm going to stay with it, and has to go into you know tremendous denial um, about all the negativity. And what this section is going to be pointing out to us in a very stark and forward manner is that doesn't work. Um, that that doesn't work at all. The, you can't hide the negative, and um, you know all these must be understood for what they are. Uh, you know, so. I'm looking forward to getting into the rest of this. <laughs> oh, and we're going to get into that because I kind of brought it up uh, later in one of the um, following paragraphs. But, um, yes, we've all seen instances where there is a uh, tumultuous relationship and people gravitate towards the response. And I say, I'm saying men and women, not not just to focus on you know women in a better yeah. relationship, even though that is more the norm than the opposite. But – and I get it too. Well, maybe he'll change. Well, um, but I think he's got potential or, you know what I mean? And yes, so I, yes. I talk about how we fall in love with the idea of a person later on, but, um, and some people, and this is the most disastrous, um, uh, response to a situation like that is some women in particular say, well, maybe if I have a baby, things will get better. Absolutely. Never works. Let's I've add, never let's add a helpless young works. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bring another life into the world to be subjected to the behavior of the person beating you. A good mm-hmm. idea. Okay, so let's jump into paragraph two, and we'll just dig into it and get as much done as we can. Very good. So paragraph two. Very simply, the attempt to make guilty is always directed against God. For the ego would have you see him and him alone as guilty, leaving the sonship open to attack and unprotected from it. The special love relationship is the ego's chief weapon for keeping you from heaven. It does not appear to be a weapon, but if you consider how you value it and why, you will realize what it must be. Um, So, again, this is part of the intro as I see it. The special love relationship is the ego's chief weapon for keeping you from heaven. That's a very powerful statement in a text of 669 pages saying this is the primary way that that the ego tempts us to to not honor 
our true self and enter you know what the course describes as heaven and it says very simply the attempt to make guilty is always directed against god that is to say we separated from god but then we look up at god and go okay god wants god's mad at us because we separated god wants to kill us god wants to attack us um, God doesn't have our best interests. We're vulnerable. We're helpless. And then the ego takes this in this complete opposite direction. No, I'm not helpless. I'm, I'm perfect. I'm grandiose. Uh, and in the process, it's, it's like the ego is trying to make God guilty. While God, which is not a being with a body sitting on a throne in heaven with cherubic angels singing all around him, God is this vast, endless, never capable of ending field of the purest love energy that can be, um, which few of us have even experienced, although some of the mystics, if you read their writings, talk about it. You know, God doesn't even know that we're, that we're out here, because in reality, you can't change what you really are, you know. Um, I'm looking at my desk. My desk might say, I'm not a desk. I'm a door. No, it's a desk, uh, and it can't really change that. So we can't change it, but the ego so needs to reaffirm its its identity, its separateness, its independence from God, which is really pretty insane when you think of it. It so needs to reaffirm that that it has to stand apart, and it uses guilt as this wedge that goes in both directions. Um, and the special love relationship, as we'll see, is kind of, you know, the uh, the icing on the wedding cake of, of all of the ego's attempts to keep God out and substitute something for God's love that's, oh, way better than God's love. I mean, you know, special relationship, ah, nothing compares to that. Char, what are your thoughts? Nice. <laughs> Damn. That was great. Um, I, I want to provide a contrast with uh, the special relationship and go into the holy relationship very briefly. So when you look into the holy relationship, because, you know, I don't want anybody to think, well, what, what's wrong with my relationship? I'm happy in my relationship. That's, we're, not, we're not accusing. We're just, I want to make the distinction between a special relationship and a holy relationship. A holy relationship is one in which you're you're more equal and you're and you're in it to share and extend the love that you already feel from God. A special in a special relationship, it's more about what you can get out of the relationship. It's the getting principle and other factors. I don't want to go too long on this, but there is a difference. What we're aiming for is a holy relationship that includes God and the Holy Spirit. What we want to understand, not necessarily avoid, that would not even work, I think. But what we want to understand is what makes some of our more painful experiences, what's special about them. And that's the um, goal of the ego to uh, keep you in the dark about God's love, that kind of thing. How's that? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then okay, so I here's mean, what, what I well, – go ahead. I was just going to say what we're going to see – um, in this section and um, in, in some sub later chapters in the text is that the ego says, hey, I've got something better than love. I've got specialness. And, and, and so we use specialness as a substitute for the love of God because 
the two are completely the opposite. You know, specialness involves comparison. Specialness involves, you know, someone wins, someone loses, someone's got something, uh, a possession, a quality, uh, what have you that someone else doesn't have. Love doesn't operate that way. Love is union. Love is perfectly equal. You know, in God's love, there are no distinctions or differences. And, and that's a very hard concept for people to get. It's often a very scary one. You know, what do you mean there are no differences? Well, you know, again, as I said at the beginning, we don't have to embrace the, the end of the journey um, when we're starting out. We're in the middle of it. But we, we, in other words, we don't have to figure out how to get love into the picture you know, the introduction to A Course in Miracles says this course does not aim to teach the meaning of love because that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. So when we look at the special relationship, what we want to do is begin to identify what this concept is really doing for us and to us so that ultimately we can go, ah, that's happening, you know, red flag. I'm making this person special or I want to feel special in their eyes. And then at least we can remove that block because that specialness is standing in the way of the love of God, which would otherwise come through both of you and bring this into a holy relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let me uh, read what I wrote for my interpretation. <clears throat> Uh, for many throughout our lifetimes, there is a thought process that permeates our minds, begging to be answered. Who am I? Why am I here? Who is God? Why is this happening to me? And for some of us, why don't I feel like I belong in this family? Why don't I fit in? Did God abandon me? If he loves me, why didn't he protect me from these bad experiences? The special relationship is the ego's way of keeping you from the truth of who you are by keeping you in doubt and suspicion as to who God is. Because of its true because if it's true that love doesn't hurt, then who is the perpetrator in making me experience pain when I'm in it? Love doesn't hurt. It's the shattering of, of our illusions that causes the most grief. Hmm. Despite the way Beautiful. we're treated by others, it's the ego that convinces us that the other person is the one, that they cherish us as much and in the same ways as that we cherish them. As we examine those relationships, we must evaluate our attachment to their perceived value, what we wanted to gain from it, and understand why we place such value on it that losing it would be such a disaster. So what did we put – the value we put on that relationship is distorted when, if our, our perception is corrected, we feel hurt instead of feeling growth and expansion and, and growing together with that other person. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I liken it to recovering from an addiction. You know, if you're going to really stop drinking or uh, put the heroin away, um, you're going to go through withdrawal and it's going to feel painful. But the withdrawal is just, you know, getting the drug out of your system in order to feel cleaner, clearer. Uh, I've said many times and I wrote about it in From Plagues to Miracles, you know, we are all in a sense addicted to ego because we believe that ego gives us these these intervals of high, you know, the ego offers us uh, a buffet of what look like all these great different meals, uh, you know, love, sex, achievement, travel, um, wealth, you know, we all know what the, the, the drill is. And yet, 
everyone you taste ultimately becomes unsatisfying. Um, and I forget mm-hmm. where I was going with that, but uh, but you know the the ego tries to pull this bait and switch and say, hey, I've got something for you that's better than love, and yet the very fact that even in the best love relationship, and if you've been in one, you know this, there's a degree of fear. What happens if she stops loving me? What happens if he finds someone better? That is always there in the special love relationship. And lesson 133 of the course says, I will not value what is valueless. And it says the first criteria for determining what's valuable is that if something's valuable, it doesn't change. It's there forever. God's love, you know, you can't change that. There's nothing you can do. You can, you can be Ted Bundy. You can be Adolf Hitler. And below that personality level, you are still one with God. The actions that you carry out in a dream are exactly that. They're, 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 they're the stuff of dreams. God's love doesn't change, uh, and therefore it's valuable, and therefore it, there's no fear in it. You know, It's not like, oh, what if God stops loving me? Will I disappear? Uh, whereas in the best, seemingly best, special love relationship, there's always an element of fear. There's an element of anticipated loss. Even if it's perfect and you love each other, you know, uh, in a totally balanced way, someone's going to die. And you don't know when that's going to happen and where are you going to be when they die. That is the ego's world. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When you go to paragraph three, this is, this is the big one for me, paragraph three. Yeah. And I'm looking at what I wrote, and I'm realizing how long it is. <laughs> Not sure what to do. Okay. Maybe I Maybe I can get – you know me, Dr. Bob. <laughs> it's not brief. It's, it's not short. Okay. So let me just All read right. it, and it, it looks like we have time because the other paragraphs, I did not I did not write a fraction of what I wrote for this one. So let me see. Yeah, think. let's just go for it. I mean, you said maybe we'll get through six. Maybe we will. Um, maybe we'll do more. We'll see. Maybe, or maybe we'll do five. Okay. Okay, so here's paragraph <laughs> three. Here we go. The special love relationship is the ego's most boasted gift and one which has the most appeal to those unwilling to relinquish guilt. The quote-unquote dynamics of the ego are clearest here, counting on the attraction of this offering. The fantasies that center around it are often quite overt. Here, they are usually judged to be acceptable and even natural. No one considers it bizarre to love and hate together, and even those who believe that hate is sin merely feel guilty but do not correct it. This is the quote-unquote natural condition of the separation, and those who learn that it is not natural at all seem to be the unnatural ones. For this world is the opposite of heaven, being made to be its opposite, and everything here takes a direction exactly opposite of what is true. In heaven, where the meaning of love is known, love is the same as union. Here, where the illusion of love is accepted in love's place, love is perceived as separation and exclusion. And that's one of those passages that you kind of scratch your head, and you're like, okay. So here's how <laughs> I broke it down. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And and yet when I when I read that, I get so filled with energy and aha moments, you know. But to to translate it in a concise way, um, you just got to collect your thoughts. So here's what I said about this. And this is this is rather large. 
We enter into relationships with those who make us feel, quote, unquote, special, as you said earlier. We strive to feel appreciated and valued in order to cover up the guilt we feel about our own worthiness to be loved. We find it difficult to love ourselves and resent the fact that we even have to, so we look for it in others outside of ourselves, someone seemingly separate who can't see what we're burying beneath a hopeful exterior. We think, if they give me what I sense is lacking in myself and don't feel capable of giving myself, I must be worth something. I must be valuable. Often, in the beginning of a new relationship, we experience distortions in the special flow that we enjoy when getting to know someone. These, these are red flags about the person or the circumstances under which we entered into that relationship, but the ego urges us to ignore them, to be trusting, to look the other way and pretend we didn't see it. It's important to make clear how easily we can disregard certain qualities in a person's personality or dismiss the things they've done under the guise of wanting to believe we are able and willing to love them, quote-unquote, unconditionally. We often fall in love with the idea of who someone is, We love the potential we see, not the facts before us, such as temperament, attitude, and the way they treat others. We love them because of the way we feel when we're with them. We resonate with them on a variety of levels, and we feel special and included in a bubble made just for us, including excluding the rest of the world. For many, this can lead to a unique sense of isolation, and even though you are technically with someone, you still feel alone. Many ignore the warning signs over many years, take the relationship to the level of marriage, And then only when it dissolves or burns to ashes do we get beyond the illusions it was shrouded in to see clearly how we defied those warnings to pursue a prize. I've had so many clients declare that they didn't know what went wrong when a relationship ended. So I asked them to look at the warning signs, like the old adage, how you get them is how you lose them. But you want to look at those circumstances. Most state that there weren't any at first, but then it dawns on them. They were there. In one case, a person wanted to get married and the pastor refused to officiate the ceremony. So they went and found someone else. That was a huge warning sign in my eyes and finally in the eyes of the person I was speaking with. Another example, the person knew they were making a mistake by getting married but wanted to do it anyway. So they entered into it consciously knowing that it was going to end badly. And I said it would and it did. And now, you know, They want to know how this nightmare happened. They don't know how they got where they are with this terrible divorce and a frightening custody battle. Perhaps they felt triumphant in beating the odds and the fact that everyone around them tried to convince them not to get married. There's that triumph factor. Oh, you know, they don't understand us and they don't know how you make me feel. Now all that's left is a battle to triumph over the other and win some kind of war. But we have to look back on our choices. Why do we chase after what did we chase after and and what did we choose to ignore because when you turn a blind eye to certain things or made excuses for wait a second because what you turn a blind eye to or made excuses for is most likely the reason why the relationship was forced to end and we wonder why they couldn't deliver what we hope to receive from it some love-hate relationships are obvious but more often we accept anger and attack no matter the form it takes, as normal in a relationship that seems, on average, rather peaceful on the surface. The condition of separation maintains itself in these alliances, and when we do gain an understanding that it is not normal to think or behave negatively to reach the goal of revenge or indemnification, we begin to feel like there's something wrong with us, like we're doing something wrong. As long as our beliefs and behaviors oppose the truth, our reflections will reveal this consistently. To be in true union with someone denies the illusion of separation. To invest in the illusion of love that we've created, the notion that love is morphed into a different meaning that is separate and apart from all else, which it can't be. 
I hope that wasn't boring. Um, you know, you... I, I think you laid out, I think the examples were the, you know, the relentlessness with which almost all of us will choose to pursue specialness, um, believing that it's love. And, and I think this section, you know, later on does get into that. Uh, you know, we may not get to it today, but I'm going to just skip ahead real briefly here and read one line. Each partner tries to sacrifice the self he does not want for one he thinks he would prefer. That, in a nutshell, is what the special love relationship is all about. You know, I mean, if I think about every woman that I, quote, unquote, fell in love with in my teens and 20s, you know, every one of them had something special that I wanted, something that I didn't think was a part of me. And therefore, the way you try to get it is, ooh, let me lasso them and have them in a relationship and then they're mine. But of course, if you're trying to get it that way, then you've got to hold on to them. You have to, you know, in a sense, tie them down or you've got to be this perfect, wonderful, alluring being in order to keep them interested in you. I mean, think about it. The whole thing is so incredibly fraught with insecurity as uh-huh. opposed to I am complete. I am uh, a, a beacon of love. I have my own particular personality and talents, and that's what, you know, Holy Spirit will use to, you know, help me uh, on my path. And my partner or someone else also has that. See, here's the thing. We're talking about the special love relationship, but that's just um, one, you know, sort of the epitome of all of the ego's relationships. The ego isn't capable of a real relationship. Ego only looks at other people in terms of what it can get from them. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in that sense, it keeps everybody separate. Holy Spirit looks at everyone in terms of, you know, they are me. Love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is the same as you. Neighbor is self. Um, and therefore, there's a natural inclination to join. So, yeah, I mean, you were describing that kind of uh, uh, what we call like an egoic determination to make it work. Uh, yes. You know? Yes. And, and if you've ever been in a situation, no matter how badly someone treats you and, 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 and the shock that goes along with it, like how could they do this, the answer that generally comes up is, but I love them. But yeah, I love exactly. them. There's that, you know, but I can't sacrifice this great thing just because uh, they're – they're rude to me or they're mean to me or they cheated on me. I, I can't let it go because of that attachment, you know, and that is well, the ego. And, 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 you know, and there are two sides to it. I mean, on the one side is that no matter what they do, no matter how bad an actor they turn out to be, well, I love them. And, and therefore I'm going to, you know, plaster this veneer of love over all this bad behavior and in that process, somehow justify it or look forward to a time when it doesn't happen. The other side of it is, okay, I love you. Oh, wait a minute. You're no longer so interesting. I'm getting bored. That guy over there, that woman over there, now they've got something interesting. So on one side, we use sort of the, the cover of love um, to overlook all sorts of you know clues and, and bad behavior. On the other side, the love pulls us in 
but it but it it doesn't last because the quest for specialness is an ego quest and the course tells us that the ego's mantra is you know seek and do not find the ego loves to keep us looking i mean it wants to keep us looking be a searcher travel the world and search but don't you dare find what you're looking for because then you don't need the ego once you've got peace once you've got god who needs mm-hmm. ego so in any relationship that the ego chooses, ultimately the bad stuff's going to come up and either you cover it over with the love like you're describing or you go, eh, you know, I thought this was the one, but guess I was wrong. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to find someone else who was the one. And, you know, we all know these folks who've gone through seven, eight, ten different relationships and 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 each one it's like when they first meet the person ah oh, i just met him he's amazing i i think this is it and you know 6 months later they're with someone else and you go what happened and they kind of look at you and go well you know it didn't work out so these are the two <laughs> sides of ego you know and 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 uh... as i said before just keep your eyes open for it. This is not a problem with your partner or with your potential partner. This is a problem with you. You are looking for a relationship to plug a hole in you that only you and only God can fill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> only love can fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you can, and, you can and, try for a very long time to do it otherwise, but... You know, hey, uh, go for it, uh, break your neck and all that, but it's not going to work. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be here for you when you get out of the hospital. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Well, let's go to let's go to paragraph four and um, right. See if we can get to six in the next fifteen minutes. Love oh, this stuff. Maybe we can. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Go right paragraph ahead. Paragraph four. It is in the special relationship born of the hidden wish for special love from God that the ego's hatred triumphs. For the special relationship is the renunciation of the love of God and the attempt to secure for the self the specialness that he, God, denied. It is essential to the preservation of the ego that you believe this specialness is not hell but heaven. For the ego would never have you see that separation could only be loss being the one condition in which heaven could not be. So this is, you know, I've got an asterisk next to this in my book. Um, You know, this tells it exactly like it is. Mm -hmm. In this special relationship, what we're saying to God basically is, you know, you're not giving me special love. You're loving me the same as you're loving everybody else. And, you know, I I need something better than that. So I'm going to find someone who loves me better Um, And in that sense, we push God out. We push real love out because, as the Course says, there is no love but the love of God. I mean, God is, by definition, love. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we push God out, and we reinforce this notion of separation because the moment we push God out, we push union out. There's no way to connect with anyone else in a real way if we see them as different from us, separate from us, and that they have something special that we want and need to get. You know, it's almost like that idea of I'm going to love you and I'm going to tie you up, I'm going to bring you into this relationship if it kills us both. Uh, and, and we actually see that. You know, when you read about these, um, and again, it's, it's always a guy where, you know, she leaves him or divorces him and, you know, he 
gets a gun from the local gun show and goes, finds her somewhere, kills her, kills the kids, and then blows his own head off. That is ego in its rawest, purest, most um, harsh and obvious form. You know, I'm going to hold you and keep you special if it kills both of us. So what this is saying is in before you get to that, in the early phases, the ego is playing this game. It's holding out this mirage of love and trying to um, get you to embrace the mirage as if that's going to really satisfy you. Because as it says, it is essential to the preservation of the ego that but you believe this specialness is not hell, but heaven. Um, but it isn't heaven. It's hell. It's hell because it's separation. Uh, and as the ego says, separation could only be lost. You know, if you're separate from oneness, by definition, that's, that's a phenomenal loss. The loss of God is the worst thing that anyone could have. Mm. The good news it's an illusion. You can't be separate from God, but you can sure believe you are. You can act as if you are, and you can make choices as if you are. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Amen. My goodness. Okay. Mine's a little – this isn't so, so long. It's a little brief. I have the ego lives for special relationships because it is here that it thrives. The hatred it has for its apparent disconnection from God drives it to seek a special type of love to take the place of the love of God that it believes is being withheld. The main goals of the ego are its own survival and to forever keep you hostage to it. So it makes glorious promises about what love from the outside can offer you beyond God's love. It makes you feel that when you are in a relationship with someone that you are finally, quote unquote, included or in a beautiful union. But in fact, it's a disguise for separation. This perception of false union is why we experience such pain at the, quote unquote, loss of that perceived perfect union. So if we look at it, like you just said, it, it's not heaven, it's hell, but we transfer those. And Precisely. we think being alone is hell and being with someone is heaven. But it's no. If, if, we, if all of us could ever be content with just God's love, we wouldn't have any of these problems. But That's, we're here to live. That is absolutely right. And we believe that being with a separate body is a relationship, is a connection. Well, the Course says – you know, bodies are the definition of separation. Um, they're the symbol of the ego, which is the symbol of the separation. Whereas mind really is joined, that we've got it so upside down. We think our minds are private and we can keep them hidden. And here's our body. Everyone can see it. We're going to make it look real good. And we want to attract another body and hold that body. Of course, it's saying, no, it's at the level of mind we're joined and not the level of mind where, you know, that voice in your head chatters at you or, or you're thinking about all of your deepest secret, you know, guilty sins, uh, quote unquote. No, it's the level of mind that knows love. That's how we're connected. That's union. That's completion. And remember, this section is called the choice for completion. Yes. So here we get into the completion part. Yes. Yeah. We wanna... Segways right in. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. And yeah, the author is pretty smart. Um, yeah. And and I want to point out there's that level of possession in relationships and two things that are fighting against each other. We want to belong. We want to. We have this this longing and and we want a sense of belonging with somebody. But some people pervert that with well, you belong to me. No, yeah. we belong. We belong together, but I don't belong to you, and I don't own you. 
Yes. But we belong together. And, and because the best relationships right. recognize that. Right. And if, if there's harmony on mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual levels, you will feel that union. You will feel that togetherness, and it's effortless. That's the thing. You don't have to try to impress anybody. You don't have to try to keep somebody. You don't have to work hard to keep their interest. It's just there. These are the relationships we want you to look at, where if you're working that hard to make something work, what, what is real, what really works, doesn't take a lot of effort. It might take correcting some perceptions and some tough discussions, but it doesn't take effort to make it work because it just does because it starts out on that platform. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, another way to think about this might be um, for those of you who have children, instead of thinking about a special love partner, think about your children. Now, Think about parents you know who need their children to behave in certain ways and achieve in certain ways, you know, the tiger moms, um, the dad whose kid has to be the best on the little league team. Um, that is using the child for specialness. The parent wants the child to enhance their own stature and specialness. On the other hand, think about as a parent just that unconditional love you feel for that being. And what do you want for that being? You want them to be happy. You don't always know what that happiness looks like. They don't know, but you know you just want them to be happy. That is probably the best um, example of love in our day-to-day -day lives that I can come up with. You know, that mm. sense of I love my kid and I want him to be happy. And yet even there, the ego's fear of separation comes in because it's like, well, you know, what if bad things happen? What if, what if, what if? Um, in the world of God, there are no what ifs. All right. I, I just wanted to use that because I think it it can help people understand what you know, the difference between the ego's love and and real love. Mhm. Mm but we get into it. Okay. So here's paragraph 5. To ever to everyone, heaven is completion. There can be no disagreement on this because both the ego and the holy spirit accept it. They are, however, in complete disagreement on what completion is and how it is accomplished. The Holy Spirit knows that completion lies first in union and then in the extension of union. To the ego, completion lies in triumph and in the extension of the quote-unquote victory, even to the final triumph over God. In this, it sees the ultimate freedom of the self, for nothing would remain to interfere with the ego. This is its idea of heaven, and therefore union, which is a condition in which ego cannot interfere, must be hell. So... Again, this is one of those paragraphs where it says one thing, says the opposite. Like, it gives you that contrast, but you, you yeah. kind of don't know where to go. But it's interesting that with the ego and the Holy Spirit accepting it, that's probably the one thing that it agrees on, is that to everyone, heaven is completion. We see that. But what I get out of it is this. Completion is the goal. Tom Cruise had that famous line, you complete me. But if we are in perfect union with God's love and our true self, then for someone else to complete us would be impossible. The Holy Spirit would have us understand that completion lies in the one true love and the ability to extend or share that love outwardly to the world and everything in it. The ego would direct our focus on, quote-unquote, winning and valuing the victory more than the love we feel we found, quote-unquote. The ego feels like a victim of God's denial. So to find, quote, love with another, it feels it has won the ultimate conquest freedom from the ache of that perceived denial and being in a place where God cannot obstruct, impede, or meddle in its perceived newfound glory. 
But one of the greatest magic tricks of the ego is that it makes you see it this way instead of the reverse. Flip that illusion over, and you'll see that the opposite is actually true. The ego wants you to believe that heaven or union are to be avoided at all costs. And from its own perspective, this is true. Because if you knew the truth and accepted it for your own salvation, then the ego would be abandoned and would die. I refer you back to sentence three in paragraph four in this section. It is essential to the preservation of the ego that you believe this specialness is not hell but heaven. That's it right there. So for its own survival, it needs you to believe that the false is real and that what is real, which cannot be threatened, altered, or destroyed, is false and the cause of your pain. The ego knows it cannot enter where it does not belong. Yeah. What do you think? That's, that's between what you just wrote and what the paragraph says, I think, yeah, you nailed it. I, I, I really don't have um, anything else to add. You know, they agree – Ego and Holy Spirit, they want completion, and yet the ego characteristically defines it in a totally upside-down world where what the ego sees as completion is really a reinforcer of separation. Um, right. Think about that idea of, tr- of victory or triumph. Um, you know, the previous section says there are no triumphs of love. Well, you know, watch any romantic comedy, and how does it end? Love triumphs. The, the, the couple gets together, someone wins over the girl or the guy. Um, this is the world we live in, folks, and this is the idol that we worship. Um, and indeed, we, we, we worship it before we worship God. You know, if you ask most people, they would choose, quote, unquote, true love like that over the love of God in a heartbeat. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's what we grow up on. It's what we're weaned on. I mean... You know, I remember just heartbreakingly wanting that special relationship. Even even in my early 20s, I was a student of the course. Um, I, I got this, and it was kind of like, well, you know, love of God sounds fine, but I want my special relationship. <laughs> yeah. I want to feel special. Yep. That's what it's all about. But I think and, because of what you said earlier, that paragraph six is the perfect – it comes full circle and – takes everything we've said in this hour together, but go ahead. Yeah, I I, I, I forgot where I was going with it, so that's okay. Um, I'm sorry. You know, but, no, that's okay. Um, Yeah, well, let me read paragraph six, and, you know, maybe it'll come back to me. It'll come back, Um, okay. All right, so paragraph six. The special relationship is a strange and unnatural ego device for joining hell and heaven and making them indistinguishable. And the attempt to find the imagined, quote, best, unquote, of both worlds has merely led to fantasies of both and to the inability to perceive either as it is. The special relationship is the triumph of this confusion. It is a kind of union from which union is excluded, and the basis for an attempt at union rests on exclusion. What better example could there be of the ego's maxim, quote, seek but do not find? unquote, uh, which is what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I think what I was uh, wanting to say before is that like everything the ego does, it turns everything upside down. The ego's ultimate triumph would be to supplant God and replace God. That is the victory. So everything the ego does is designed to show that it's better than God. It doesn't need God. It's independent. And yet 
because that's simply not possible. You can't displace the only source of everything real that there is and replace it with a dream. You know, even in sleep, you can have a dream. It can be a wonderful dream. It can be the worst nightmare, but you can't stay asleep forever. At some point, you're going to wake up and that dream's going to go poof. Um, and, and the same thing with God. So everything the ego does is this topsy-turvy dance um, where it tries to, you know, substitute its notion of completion, its notion of heaven uh, for God's. And the paragraph I just read, what it's saying is, you know, the ego is a master of confusion. It's cunning. It's, uh, it's crafty. So it's saying that, well, you know, if we can join heaven and hell and make them indistinguishable, um, then you're not going to be able to tell the difference and you're going to go for my version, the ego's version of, of what I'm telling you you need. Um, so, you know, a strange and unnatural ego device for joining hell and heaven. In other words, yes, you can have completion, heaven, but here's how you're going to have it, hell, through separation. Mm. And if we make completion look like separation, now we've confused the whole thing so much that nobody's ever going to be able to figure out what separation is, and we're going to keep, you know, we're going to keep exploring and looking into separation, in the hope that somewhere in a separate relationship we're going to really be able to find completion. Only we can't because we excluded it from the very get-go. You know, we're looking, you know, we're looking in the wrong place. I love the metaphor of you know, of the, the guy uh, searching for his car keys under the street lamp on a dark street, and someone comes up and says, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I lost my car keys. I'm looking for them. And, the, you know, the, the person says, well, where'd you lose them? And he goes, I don't know, you know, somewhere over there. Well, why are you looking here? Well, there's light here. You know, only <laughs> for the ego, it's not light, it's darkness. The ego has a searching where we're never going to find what we truly want, because what we truly want is love, is peace, um, is, 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 you know, oneness, all of these qualities that are our true nature. And the good news is we can't lose them. It's just a matter of working our way out of this consensual insanity that we've bought into. Um, and this, this section and, and, and this paragraph helps us to see one of the main tools that, that the ego uses. Um, and, and, you know, look, let's not kid ourselves. The special love relationship is probably the most powerful drug there is. Um, there's a 12-step program, Sex Love Addicts Anonymous, for people who either are addicted to sex, which is a body-based attempt to join, or who are addicted to love, which is that loftier, you know, what, what we're talking about here, I can get love through another person attempt to join. Um, but it's, it's addictive stuff, and it keeps us looking and spinning, and that's the whole goal of the ego. Keep them searching. Don't ever let them settle down and find, because then don't need ego anymore. Don't need Your you. thoughts, sir? Yeah, and just to add to what you said about the ego and the tools that it, that it uses, I, I always like to reiterate that. And the ego, it, it, picture the ego like a, like a shadow that descends over the world and just exist in everybody's mind. It's this pretty much the same for everybody, but the difference is that it knows you well enough to use it against you. It knows your personality, your hopes, your fears, your attachments, your expectations. And so we give it in just being 
everything it needs to twist us around. But that peace, that love that we're searching for, we're born with it. We just, because of the way life goes, we, we start to un- disbelieve what we inherently know. That is our inheritance. That is our natural inheritance is that peace and that love. So the journey is not so much toward another, but back to ourselves. And then, so that's what I wanted to add to what you said, but here's what I translated from this, because I love that first line about the, the ego tool, mm-hmm. unnatural and strange and unnatural ego device. Oh my goodness. I put this special relationship is designed by the ego to make you not know the difference between struggle and peace. Trying to strike a working balance between the two distorts our perception of, of either as a distinct condition in and of itself. We see it as intertwined. But true union, true love, is not present in its full form. And the only way to really feel a part of something is to exclude the most crucial component, despite ourselves. We've all heard it. And it's in the book. I just, I don't know exactly where, but I have to find it. Quote, the ego will forever have you chasing what it does not want you to find. The ego does not want you to find union, not in its complete form. It wants to continue to exist as it has. It wants to continue to exist as it has you continue your search and never reach the summit where you'll see the reality of your misperceptions about love and God. So I swung it back around that it wants you to maintain these misperceptions and beliefs that allow it to hold you hostage so that you don't recognize once again the truth about what love is and what God is. It wants to maintain that separation, and that's the crux. And that's all I've got for that. I want to – just touch on something you said about, you know, the ego knows you and therefore it can manipulate. And that is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is sure spot on. Holy spirit knows you even better because Holy spirit also knows the part of you. That's real. The part of you that never left God ego doesn't know that can't know that. And therefore wants to behave as though that part doesn't even exist. So, Holy Spirit, and this is, um, I think, one of the unique things in A Course in Miracles, the idea that the Holy Spirit knows you and knows your path out of illusion perfectly in a way that you can never know yourself. So um, chapter 24 of the text talks about specialness and how the Holy Spirit does this reframe around specialness. It's kind of like, okay, you, you created, the, you made this thing called an ego, Um, You want this specialness? All right, well, Holy Spirit will give you specialness, but not in the way that the ego does. Holy Spirit will say that as you unwind all the ego craziness, as you find your way back to God, you, each of us, has a unique path to do that, to getting there. We have a unique role. We will connect with people and reach people that nobody else can reach. Um, And that when we, in a sense, let go and let God turn our lives over to Holy Spirit or higher power or, you know, however we want to talk about that, that force um, uh, that exists. Well, you know, George Lucas called it the force. Um, When we let the force take over, so to speak, then, yeah, you get to be special, but not in the ego's way. It's just. You know, it's kind of like an all-star baseball team. Every player is amazing. Every player is doing what they need to do. No one is special, but everyone has their special role. One person's going to make one play because they're in the right spot at the right time. Someone else uh-huh. might, you know, come up with another play. So we, 
ultimately do get to be special, but not at all in the way the ego determines. And from that perspective, every relationship that we enter into, given to the Holy Spirit to use rather than to the ego and our own devices, becomes a holy relationship because it's helping to remind us of who we really are. And when I say we, I don't mean just us. I mean that whole relationship. Uh, and from there, extending to other relationships. You know, the Holy, and back to the last paragraph, the Holy Spirit knows the completion lies first in union and then in extension of union. Because ultimately it's all one. So as we wake up here, we remember our union first, maybe with one other person in a holy relationship, and then another. And, and that then, you know, has this domino effect, some of which we don't even know about. But as, as minds awaken, they awaken to oneness, and that allows other little fragments of separated mind to also embrace oneness. But I did want to get to that, you know, that's sort of that reframe of specialness that Holy Spirit offers um, that, and how different that is from the ego's special relationship. That's perfect. And I like your baseball analogy. Everybody does their part without yeah. comparing themselves to the others. Are they doing better than me? Am, am, I, am I looking glorious here in, in catching that fly ball? Um, let me liken right. that to the hierarchy of angels. Every angel has their purpose, and they embrace that. And, and every angel is special. But they're not comparing themselves to others and say, to, why does Archangel Michael get to do that stuff and I'm stuck with the <laughs> with this aspect of humanity? Like, you know, stomp your foot. You know, they don't do that. And so if right. we could, I want what Gabriel has. I'm sick of being yeah. no, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, here comes Buddha. Hide. Yeah, um, right. You know, it, 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 and if we could get to that point, that's, that's where I think we should um, – aim to go is getting to the point where, yes, I am special with a capital S in that I am a child of God and that is special, but I'm not special lowercase s simply because I have this size of a house or this kind of car or in or I'm in a relationship with this person, which makes me look good in the eyes of others. Yes. Whether, whether that is because that person has prestige and, um, or you're a trophy wife or anything like that. Or I want to take it to this level where you look special in the eyes of others because you have somebody, because people can be embarrassed when they're alone and they feel lonely and they feel ashamed of this. And many people look at marriage as an accomplishment, accomplishment, not a phase of life that they are ready to enter into. Some people force the issue, but many people see that as an accomplishment and that in not being married, they are somehow less than. The people who are. So I wanted to address that and just say that wherever you are, you're where you need to be. And so if you just yep. work on yourself, whether you're alone, whether you're in a happy relationship or a problematic relationship that you would like to save, dig into the text, listen to the segments, learn, let go, understand, and then see what you can do to transform that relationship into a holy relationship like Dr. Bob just said. And then um, move on from there. What else can you do? You can't force it. I mean, you know, if you're trying to force a relationship through marriage, it will break apart. If you've got a relationship that's strong and you want to, you know, sort of codify that with marriage, now that adds to the picture. Um, I just wanted to offer, and and I don't mean to be self-serving in any way here, but what you and I are doing with these segments, to me, is an example of a holy relationship. We have our separate takes on things, 
you know, you describe it one way, I describe it another, but it's all additive. When you put it together, the whole is much bigger than the sum of its parts. Um, you know, we do this better working together than either of us could do giving a lecture standing at a podium um, by ourselves. There's an interplay back and forth that's very positive and fertile and allows each of us to grow and add to the dialogue. And all of you listeners get to benefit from that as well. That is how one-mindedness works. That's how holy relationships work. Um, as opposed to, you know, if we were having a debate and arguing about, no, it doesn't say that, it says this, and each person trying to be, you know, more special and convince others and pull them on their team, you know, like the presidential debates, for example. There's a great mm -hmm. um, portrayal of ego in action. Um, but what we're doing here, and, 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 and obviously, you know, the ego special love relationship is a very different kind of thing, but a relationship that comes together in service of truth is a holy relationship. You know, if you and your yeah. partner are both determined to awaken in God and awaken to your most loving nature, your relationship is probably going to get more and more peaceful. And when you hit those little squalls, you're going to get through them faster because yeah. you're anchored in truth. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Easily resolved. I just want to say, yes, um, I love what you just said. And look at the difference in our backgrounds and our, the differences in our lives. Um, I, want to, I did say something about this um, in another segment about my experience with life and how when A Course in Miracles came into my life at that crucial moment when I was prepared, what I mentioned on the air was that when I read it, it made perfect sense to me. The reason I said that, ladies and gentlemen, is because a lot of this I went through personally. And so in, in one of my last tra transmissions with Jesus, he said, no, share openly about your experiences because it's so relatable. And I went through this stuff, and, and, and it brings back memories, yeah. which may be unpleasant. But if I only have to look at them one last time before I let them go once and for all, I'll do it. I'll do the work. I know there's peace to be found. I found it. And it's, it's, it's a never-ending thing. You're never going to hit a plateau where there's nothing left to learn, you know. But you can certainly enjoy the scenery on the way to wherever your final destination is, which is union, <laughs> you know. That's all of us. It, we're to be absorbed back into the source that, that we never really left, but we came to an illusory platform to learn about this in a, more, a deeper, more profound way. And it's painful, but that takes us back to God. But this was fantastic. I knew I was yeah, going to good stuff. This. I'm going to look forward to uh, you know reading uh, another uh, six sections, or maybe we'll even read all ten and get through it. Um, I won't be here next month, so this will um, probably we'll have to figure out the date and we can post that. Um, okay. It may not be on the second uh, Tuesday. I mean, second Thursday of the month, just because I have. As you heard at the beginning of the segment, a lot of different, uh, you know, talks and, and things going on. So, yes, um, that's quite but the schedule. I very much look forward to, you know, to continuing the uh, continuing the discussion. OK. And my headset didn't cut out once in this whole. No. Segment? Hey, completion. <laughs> How about that? 
I'm amazed. I am amazed. Oh, I did it. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Bob. And remember, it's from PlaguesToMiracles.com. If you want to learn more about his book, get the book. Please, if you want to understand um, Ego from a different perspective, it's phenomenal. Um, and you can get it very cheaply now. It's um, it's selling at cost on Amazon. So if you want it real cheap uh, or if you want to buy a few copies for friends, now is your time. <laughs> okay, good to know. And spiritualinsightsradio.com if you want to visit the website. And if you have need of a private session with me to do some emotional clearing from past relationships, do take me up on that. As you might have heard on the air, there's some miracles flying around here. Dr. Bob, I don't get to talk to you very often, but I've been doing this technique of clearing the heart center of stagnant negative emotions from the past. Ooh. Oh, Yeah, my I can feel that. God. And the, the way people's lives are changing. And my one concern about it when I, when I learned the technique was, am I robbing someone of their lessons? Because we're supposed to be doing forgiveness work. And, I, and the answer I got was, nope, if they're coming to you for a session, they're ready. They've done exactly. the forgiveness work. And then you're okay. You're just helping. You're not hindering because I always worry about that. But it is phenomenal. And I'm just getting such feedback that it brings tears to my eyes to see people kind of leap off the ground and soar the way they have. It's just amazing. All right. So, yeah, check that out. All right, Dr. Bob. So we'll work out. Uh, a day where we can tape. Yeah, I think it will. Be this, I just looked at my calendar, so I think the second Thursday in July um, will work. June. Um, third uh, in June, the second week won't work. I would have to do a different, um, okay. a different Thursday. Yeah. Good day. But July the second Thursday. Now you're cutting out. <laughs> oh, okay. No, we'll, we'll talk and we'll figure it out. We don't need to do that right now. But thank you for exactly. your time and for all your exquisite words. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, Bye-bye. Dr. Bob. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yep. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. I better get off the air before it cuts out completely. We do love that you tuned in. And we all at Spiritual Insights love you all dearly. Until next time, God bless and be at peace. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.